Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good to see all of you tonight. And uh, Brother Ricky, I don't know if you're, or, or uh, Marcus, can you turn those dials on, those switches on the bottom so everybody can see across the bottom there? Sorry about that. I don't want anybody to be in the dark. Proverbs chapter number 10. <clears throat> Good to see all of you on this <clears throat> beautiful, bright, sunny, sunny uh, day. And we continue to look in the book of Proverbs. And now we're we're going to uh, look tonight for the next little while, Lord willing, at uh, what God's wisdom reveals about the many differences between righteousness and wickedness. Marcus, did you find them on, the, on this side? Yeah, this group right here. You may have to turn the little switch. Sorry, folks, I'm having to do lighting here. Did you, Turn the little switch on underneath the, and then turn the dial all the way over. All right. Well, y'all get your flashlights out back there <clears throat> on your phones. All right. So let me give you some, uh, again, some uh, clarity on how to read these Proverbs. So truly, <clears throat> chapters one through nine show us an introduction to wisdom and God's wisdom. But now, beginning in chapter 10... And if you'll just uh, look in your Bible, you may have different headings, but chapter, from chapter number 10 all the way through chapter number 18, we're going to see God's wisdom and, <clears throat> and the, right, the wickedness of man shown in contrast or uh, comparison. Then chapter 19, beginning in chapter 19, going um, all the way through... Uh, to chapter 23, you have wisdom speaking, God's wisdom speaking about how we live and how we conduct ourselves, life and conduct. Then beginning in chapter 24, <clears throat> and from chapter 24 uh, and all the way through 29, uh, all the way to uh, the end of 29, you have this entire focus on precepts, and warnings of wisdom and what are called similitudes, uh, as the Lord spoke similitudes. And so wisdom is to know and understand these similitudes, these, these words of wisdom. That's what we're doing here. So we go back and read, and I'm just doing some introduction here, Proverbs chapter 1. To know wisdom and, and instruction, this is verse 2, to discern the sayings of understanding. Now that's where we are. <clears throat> We're coming now to take God's word and allow the Holy Spirit of God, you hear the very voice of the Holy Spirit speaking these words of wisdom. We remember that all wisdom is found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here we have this treasury uh, in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, giving us all the ability to know wisdom and understanding. 
whatever season of life you're in, look, whether you're in the season of preschoolers or in the season of children or adolescents, God bless you in a special way if you have teenagers, uh, empty nesters, middle-aged people, or all of us uh, old people in here, whatever season of life we're in, the reality is that we must know wisdom. And we need to remember these sayings of understanding. So here's, here's the key to the book of Proverbs. <clears throat> it's similar to what we're doing on Sunday mornings now as we're looking at the, the everyday stories of Jesus, the parables. Here, here's, the, here's the point. Do you have discernment to understand God's wisdom so that you can apply it with understanding to all the circumstances of your life. Some of us think that just because we're old, we have wisdom. <clears throat> you may have gained a lot of human wisdom, but just because you're old does not mean that you're wise in spiritual things. The Word of God says, Proverbs 1, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and in equity. So tonight we begin our instruction from the Lord in understanding righteousness. How can you understand what something is unless you know what it's not? <clears throat> this is the way of wisdom. So you have these statements. All you, this, is what, this is what frustrates me. Most of us get to chapter 10 in the Proverbs and we somewhat stall out. We don't know what to do. So I'm trying to give you a handle on how you take this apart and look at it. So now... We're fulfilling what we read in Proverbs chapter 1. To discern the sayings of understanding, verse 2, and to receive instruction in righteousness. Righteousness, if you notice, is tied to the way we live. Righteousness is tied to our behavior. So all of us today, we're working on our behavior as followers of Jesus seeking to live like the Lord. The righteous seek to follow Jesus and live like Him. So I begin by, so, the, so this is what the wisdom of God is about. The wisdom of God is saying, this is righteousness. And in order to understand righteousness, this is wickedness. The opposite of righteousness is wickedness. The opposite of wickedness is righteousness. So let's remember that as we go through it. So I started here by giving you uh, just, let's read Proverbs chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. That will be our primary focus. And you might want to note in your Bible, if you, you know, some of us don't mark in our Bibles, but if you do, this would be a good way to do it. You can mark the word righteousness where you find it, and then mark the word wicked or wickedness. Let's read together. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a father glad. But a foolish son is a grief to his mother. <clears throat> Ill-gotten gains do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord will not, will not allow the righteous to hunger, but he will reject the craving of the wicked. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked 
conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commands, but a babbling fool will be ruined. He who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. He who winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will be ruined. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Heavenly Father, help us now in the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. So no matter what circumstances you are living through today, whether you're living through some kind of a trauma or difficulty or worries or troubles or whatever it might be, joys, happiness, whatever the range of your life experience, these words are for all of us. They are, they are timeless words of God's wisdom, and they apply to all of us in a supernatural way based on what we're going through. So you're here tonight, and you may not even imagine, well, I'm here trying to do my best. I believe the, that the Holy Spirit will have something to say to you that will help you to understand the difference between righteous living and wicked living, and for you to evaluate that in your own life. So we've seen a number of places here as we read in Proverbs chapter 10, 1 to 11, the word righteousness. What is the word righteousness? Well, it's tied, as I said, to behavior. It is being lawful. It's obeying law. It's being just. It is, it is rightness <clears throat> in conduct. Righteousness is rightness in conduct. And we have the Word of God and the example of the Lord Jesus to teach us what rightness with God and rightness with others looks like. What is wickedness? Well, wickedness is uh, breaking law, being unlawful. It is, uh, wickedness is a hostility toward God's authority. It is saying, I'm not going to, I'm not, first of all, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what God says. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to choose and go my own way. I'm going to turn my back. I'm going to not listen <clears throat> to the wisdom of God. I'm not interested in what Jesus Christ said or how he lived. Wickedness is guilty, guilt, guilt of sin. It is that we have sinned against God and we are living in wickedness. Sometimes we think of wickedness as someone who's outrageous in their sin. We do. We, we, we have uh, my old friend Jerry Bridges, who's in heaven now. I remember he wrote this wonderful book called Respectable Sins. Respectable Sins. You know, there are those respectable sins. But then there are those horrible sins. Sins that, uh, those are, that's wickedness. Actually, wickedness is being a gossip. Actually, wickedness is being a liar. Actually, wickedness is any disobedience to God's word, and disobedience is wickedness. 
It is falling short of the glory of God. All have sinned. So I want to make much of this to remind us that <clears throat> what is the first set of principles that God, through His wisdom, gives to us that He wants us to understand? Here it is, chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 17, chapter 18. So you have eight chapters on what righteousness looks like and what wickedness looks like. So this is where we spend our time now. This is how we learn to live. This is how we teach our children. This is how we teach our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. We, we remind them this is righteousness and this is wickedness. So let's look at these. I've made some observations for you tonight. First of all, we'll highlight the ways of righteousness. We'll start here with these wonderful positives. I, I could have given you multiple illustrations for each principle, but uh, for the sake of our time, I'm just walking us through a few. But if you have a Bible with cross-references, your Bible will give you some wonderful cross-references. That means in your margins, you have those Bible verses that are out there. I hope and pray every person in our church knows how to use your Bible and your cross-references. So just go out and find your find the matching letter to the, ver to the word there. Find it in your margin. And uh, <clears throat> I would simply remind you that it's wonderful to have a, a study Bible from Dr. So-and-so. But the best Bible for you to have is a Bible with cross-references. That's all you need. Let the Bible interpret the Bible. Let the Word of God interpret the Word of God. It's wonderful to hear what Dr. So-and-so and Pastor So-and-so said and Teacher So-and-so, but we must come back and just find ourselves simply in the Word of God, discovering the truth of God by comparing Scripture to Scripture. Spiritual words and spiritual thoughts. This is the way we study God's Word. Number one, the ways of righteousness. Let's look at them. Number one, the righteous delivers oneself from death. Did you see it there? Verse number two. It starts with the negative and ends with the positive. Two statements. <clears throat> Ill-gotten gains do not profit. Ill-gotten gains. We'll see it in a moment under the ways of the wicked. The treasures of the wicked. That is, lying and stealing and cheating in order to gain money, reputation, uh, whatever it might be, ill-gotten gains. When you've, when you've found gain in ill-gotten ways, it never brings a profit. You want it to gain, but you don't get gain out of ill-gotten gains. But let's talk about the righteous for a moment. The, the righteous delivers from death. How do we read this? Well, in the Hebrew language, it's a little bit clearer for us. The righteous delivers him or herself is what it's saying. The righteous delivers themselves. doesn't mean they save themselves. But it is this picture of living life in the way of righteousness. When you live right, you save yourself a lot of misery. When you live right, you save yourself a lot of harm. When you live right, that is the ways of God, righteously in the ways of God, according to God's wisdom, according to God's truth, 
This is why I gave you Proverbs 12, 28. The way of righteousness, that is the lifestyle of righteousness, there on your paper, is life. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. If you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you've started on that wonderful journey to heaven. The Holy Spirit is your teacher and whatever you go through, it is the way of righteousness for you. Now you are one of God's righteous ones. The way of righteousness is life. This is what we should put out to our friends who are living in misery. This is what we should say to our, to our friends who love their sin rather than themselves and love sin more than they love God. The way of righteousness is life and in its pathway there is no death. What a promise from the Word of God. The way of righteousness is life. I want to find the way of righteousness and walk in it. And the only way I do that is to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then what did the Lord say to us in the Beatitudes? Blessed are the pure in heart, which is describing righteous living. When you're right with God and right with others, there's purity in your heart, in your motivations, in your mind. Blessed are the pure in heart for what? For they shall see God. They won't die. The promise of the pure in heart, the promise to the righteous is that the way that the righteous delivers oneself from death. We see people all the time out around us and they're on the way to destruction. They're, des they're destroying themselves every day. They are corrupting themselves every day. They refuse to follow God. And so we who are followers of Jesus, we must keep going and saying, come with me, come with me, follow the Lord Jesus, be saved. This is what we're praying that our church will do, that all of us will find our opportunity to share with our friends and neighbors that the righteous delivers himself or herself from death. Number two, the Lord provides for the righteous. Sometimes we see images of horrible conditions. I was thinking about some of the conditions that missionaries have found all over the world, desperate, hard conditions, places where people are barely able to have enough food to make it. People have very little clothing, very little of the uh, provisions of life. And yet what missionaries report to us is some of the most powerful churches in the world are among the poorest of people. Something has dulled us in rich America. I mean, this is, we're tarnished. We're, we're corrupted by our wealth and our riches. The poorest of us are the richest, some of the richest in the world. It does something to your soul. Riches have a way of dulling us. And the wonderful report is that you find these people who why, what did the early church have to do? They didn't have very much, so they put it all together. And whoever had a need, they took care of each other. That's what you do. That's what believers do all around the world. And so when we go there, we learn more. than we, We're benefited far more than they're benefited by us coming to see them. I remind you that tonight, this is a promise <clears throat> for believers all across the globe. The Lord provides for the righteous. Verse 3, the Lord will not allow the righteous to hunger. 
The Lord will not allow the righteous to hunger. You see, this is what the Lord taught us in the Sermon on the Mount, did He not? I'll, I'll remind you again of what it says. We've, we've spent a lot of time there, especially when we were talking about prayer. Uh, what did we just say? Give us this day our daily bread. This is the way the Lord taught disciples to pray. Pray for your daily bread. Oh, I've got a storehouse of it. I, I really don't need to ask God for anything daily because I, I got a whole freezer full. I got, I got a full bank account. Everything's so full in my life. I, I have no needs. This is, this is what we learn to pray. We need to see our need and then we begin to recognize that God knows our needs. So I read it to you from Matthew chapter 6, verse number 25. What did the Lord say to us in uh, Matthew 6, 25? For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, are you not worth more than they? And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? But if God so clothed the grass of the field which is Alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What clothes will we wear? The Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Listen to our Lord now. This is for all of us. This is the, this is the Lord making true on this promise that the Lord will not let the righteous go hungry, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. It was George Mueller. He, with all the orphanages he started, will it take the church doing that again to take care of some of these terrible needs among orphans and fosters and the issues in our world today. He, he has all these children, these orphans. He has no milk. He has 20 kids in that home in England. He says the Lord will provide and does not ignore the needs of the fatherless. And lo and behold, that day, the milk truck broke down right in front of Mueller's house. This is God's way. It happened. Have you ever said that? And it happened. Yes. Holy happenings under the sovereignty and providence of God. This is what wisdom says to us. Here's the quietness of, Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Listen to these words. The Lord will not allow the righteous to hunger. And then what did the Lord say to us? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What happens? Get filled and filled, and filled, and filled. That is the joy of being righteous. And God blesses the righteous. God blesses the righteous. Chapter 10, verse 6 of Proverbs. Blessings <clears throat> are on the head of the righteous. Blessings are on the head of the righteous. 
So listen to the words of Deuteronomy 28. As though these words were originally Moses gave them, spoke to the children of Israel, they speak of the great blessing of God on His people, just as we just heard the Lord talking about how He takes care of His people. But sometimes it's good to hear these words as Moses spoke them of the blessings of God for obeying God's Word. You know, there are blessings for obeying God's Word. Tonight, the Lord knows whether you and I have been obedient to Him in our way. See, righteous, the righteous are obedient to God's Word. Listen to these wonderful words. I just read them to you, Deuteronomy 28. <clears throat> now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments, <clears throat> which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessings overtake me? Did you hear that? <clears throat> blessings overtake me. Yes. Terry heard it. Blessings overtake me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy? In my worst pain? Yes. This is the promise to the righteous. <clears throat> God's blessings. He goes on. Blessed shall you be in the city, in the country. Blessed shall I'm in uh, 28.4. Blessed shall the off, your offspring be. Uh, produce the ground of the offspring of your beasts. And blessed shall your uh, basket and your uh, kneading bowl. I guess we don't do that much anymore, do we? Blessed shall you be when you come in. And blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated. That's the devil for us. You know that. And the Lord will command the blessing upon you uh, in, the bar, in your barns and in all that you put your hand to. It's not materialism and it's not prosperity gospel. It is a blessing of God upon the righteous. Sometimes it's material. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's both. And every believer in this room should do what the old song says. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. You want to know if you're living righteously? Look at the blessings of God that He has given you. We are the blessed of God because we follow the beloved one, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm about to get myself worked up, but I'm going to stay with it. Now, the mem memory of the righteous is blessed. Now we go to this. The memory of the righteous is blessed. The man said to me, Dying. Pastor, Mike, will anybody remember me when I'm dead? Will anybody remember me when I'm dead? The memory of the righteous is blessed. The Spirit says, come. The church says, come. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Revelation. Listen, their deeds do follow them. I sit in my office and I'm privileged to have the works and the writings of preachers, some of them who were in the second century. Thank God they've been translated into English clear up until uh, those that I've known very well that love the Lord who've now gone to heaven. The memory of the righteous is blessed. I gave you two examples here. You remember 
when the widow gave everything she had. So tonight we're going to honor her memory again. I read to you from Mark chapter 14, verse number 9. What happened was the Lord Jesus was there and, and uh, he, we're reading here and he, uh, he talks about this woman who anointed him. For you will always have the poor with you and whenever you wish you can do good to them, but you'll not always have me. She has done what she could do and anointed my body beforehand. To, truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached, in the whole world, what this woman has done will be spoken of in memory of her. You want to be remembered when you're dead? Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? I ask all the business people in our church. I ask you who are retired, oh, what am I going to do with my time? Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? The memory of the righteous is blessed because what they do is serve Jesus. And as they serve God, they're remembered. I remind you of Proverbs 22.1, a good name is better than great wealth. And believers speak wholesome words that encourage and build one another up. Uh, oh, I jumped down. The, uh, this matter of having a good name is such a special thing. I didn't put it down, I don't believe here on the outline, but you remember when the dear widow died and she was such a loving person and all the other widows brought Peter uh, and told, told uh, Peter about her. And they cried because she was dead, showing all of her knitting and her clothing that she made. They were remembering her memory. And then, of course, she was raised from the dead. Dorcas. I believe it was Dorcas. When you die, are they going to remember you for your job? Are they going to remember you for your, your, uh, your civic duty? Are they going to remember that you followed the Lord Jesus? The memory of the righteous is blessed. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. It's interesting the contrast here in Proverbs 10.10, 10, the uh, B, 10B, I'm saying it now, first phrase is A, second phrase is B, 10B. A babbling fool will be ruined. A babbling brook. Have you been by one of those recently? Have you ever been around a babbling fool? Don't raise your hand if they're sitting by you. A babbling fool. Babbling, 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 blah, 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 blah. Now we do blah, 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 blah. But the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Babbling fools give you nothing except cause you anxiety. But the righteous speaks and there's a fountain of not just a stream, not just a river. Look, I'm doing this slowly tonight because this is how you read the Proverbs. Think about it. Every word matters. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. What do we read about the Lord Jesus? His words <clears throat> are the words of life. The wise in the heart. This is a good one for you to remember. It's in Proverbs 16. 
as we're looking at these statements about uh, righteousness. Here it's described as the wise who are the righteous. The wise in heart will be called understanding and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Sweetness of speech. Kind words. Kind words in a world of unkind words. Look, some of you have had to listen to unkind words all day. Some of the children that come to our church have to listen to unkind words all the time. But the mouth of the righteous is like the Lord Jesus. We speak wholesome words, Ephesians 4.29, and we build up each other. The ways of the wicked. Now we go back to the contrast. Ill-gotten gain does no profit. Oh, King Ahab, the whiny, cry king. The whining, crying king. What a pitiful example of leadership we find in this King Ahab. 1 Kings 21, if you want to look at it or I'll just read it to you, but... We pause now to just hear about this, this thing of ill-gotten gain. Notice what we have here. 1 Kings 21. So Ahab came into his house sullen and vexed because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him for he said I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers and he lay down on his this is the king and he lay down on his bed this is what three year olds do and he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and ate no food. What a pitiful man Ahab is. But don't worry. He had a wife. Don't worry. Ahab had a boss. Her name was Jezebel. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said, How is it that your spirit is so sullen that you are not eating food? So he said to her, Because I spoke to... Naboth, and he, said, and he said to him, Give me your vineyard for money or else, and if it pleases you, I'll give you a vineyard in his place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel said to him, Do you now reign, do you not reign over Israel? Arise, eat bread, and let your heart be joyful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with a seal, sent letters to the elders and to the nobles who were living with Naboth in his city, she wrote, Proclaim a fast, seat Naboth at the head of the people, and seat two worthless men before him, and let them testify against him, saying, You cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. Ill-gotten gains do not profit. Lying, cheating, stealing, coveting, deceitfulness of ways of mouth, deceitfulness with our businesses and our behavior, ill-gotten gains 
never produce gains. The Lord rejects the desires of the wicked, Proverbs 10.3. The Lord will not allow the righteous to go hungry, but He rejects the craving of the wicked. God resists the proud. God resists the proud. When I am living in pride, when the proud man says, I will not submit to God, God resists him. God resists him. The mouth of the wicked conceals violence. This is the story of, uh, of um, Proverbs chapter 1 where we read about being careful not to be enticed. Proverbs 1.10, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol. You see, there's, there's what the mouth of the wicked says. The mouth of the wicked conceals violence. And it's repeated in Proverbs 10.11. You see... It is the ways and the words of the wicked that God resists. And then the name, the memory of the wicked. Let's read 10.7. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. Psalm 9.5. We're going to finish here. We didn't get through everything tonight, but Psalm 9.5 is... Something I want you to hear. And, and no, in fact, let me just read you Psalm 37. I think it's more vivid here. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 37, verse number 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. Listen now. What does the proverb say? Let me get it to you. What's the proverb say? The name of the wicked will rot. Now listen. Hear the word of the Lord. Evildoers will be cut off. Those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked man will be no more. This is why we share the gospel. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. It should be the same for His people. And you will look carefully for His place. He will not be there. Where was that wicked man who raised so much trouble? He's gone. And his memory and everything about him is given to another. And he is forgotten in the grave where he lays. You see, wickedness is sinfulness, as I've mentioned here. It comes from sinfulness of mind, will, and emotions. Wickedness is the result of a depraved mind. This is what Paul reminds us in Romans 1. I've given you the reference. And wickedness is the pleasure of sinners. It's what Wickedness is pleasure to the sinner. And wickedness is pleasure. And pleasures indulged that are godless are wickedness. So what do we remember tonight as I finish? Well, how do I gain righteousness? Is it through obedience? No. First, I must be saved and experience the righteousness of Christ put in me. So we learn, Romans chapter 1, the just, the righteous, live by faith. How do I gain righteousness? I confess my unrighteousness and I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, absolute righteousness, 
and all that He did for me. And guess what happens? His righteousness is given to me. Unbelievable. Amen. The righteousness of God is imputed to me. No longer am I looked at as an ungodly one, but now I am right in Christ. I am now secure in Christ and I have been saved and the just and the righteous live by faith. And there is no righteousness without salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And by righteousness, by the righteous life and death of Christ, that life is given to us. Hallelujah. How much better could it ever be? I want to finish by reading you Revelation 19.8. What are the clothes of heaven for the saints? What do the saints wear in heaven? The latest heavenly fashion? What are they wearing? Well, it's right here in your Bible. The fourfold hallelujah, Revelation 19 and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Are we going to get ready to go? One day we'll be with the Lord. We'll be there. Marriage supper of the Lamb's coming. It's coming. We, the Lord is at the door. It's coming. And then He said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But in verse 8, It was given to her, to the church, to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. Now listen. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. What lasts in heaven? What you do for Jesus on the earth. That's what lasts in heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We've just listened now. We've, tried, we've sought to hear these statements, these promises, these truths of wisdom that the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. I don't know the condition of every person who hears my voice tonight or is in this place, whether they live in righteousness or wickedness, but we can all come tonight to walk in the way of righteousness and live if we'll believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and if we will do, as Paul said, pursue righteousness. Pursue it. Pursue it. Make it our ambition to live in rightness with God and rightness with others, even if they are our enemies. May we live righteously in this world of unrighteousness and wickedness. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. Come, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Great to see all of you tonight. Lord willing, be with us on Sunday. We continue to Listen and look at the everyday stories of Jesus. Say hello to somebody. If you don't know them on your way out, get acquainted. God bless you. Have a good rest of the evening.